Okay, so hello and welcome to the Gig CX Decoded podcast, where we are going to dive into the world of gig-based customer service, or as we call it, Gig CX, uh, brought to you by Limitless, none other than. And in our humble opinion, we are the world's leading Gig CX platform. I have to say that because I am uh, the host, Chris Stumpleton, um, Chief Sales Officer here at Limitless. And um, we are on this podcast going to be looking at all the different aspects around Gig CX and just for clarity around what that is, because I think sometimes it's always good to just remind people of what Gig CX actually means. Um, and in a nutshell, it enables businesses to crowdsource their customer support. So we are the, we are routing digital-based customer inquiries to crowds of qualified product experts who are normally the customers, and they get the ability to be able to answer customer service questions on the fly or you know on a gig basis. So that's what it's all about. Um, part of our job here at Limitless is to help the overall customer service community. And one of the ways we do that is this podcast. So we like to talk a bit about it and we bring on some very special hosts and today is no exception. So uh, I'm very excited to be joined by Chad McDaniel today, who is the co-founder and president of none other than execs in the know, which is, I'm going to do this a massive disservice, but when I talk about it being a global community of senior senior customer experience leaders, um, it's probably nowhere near. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get, get Chad to, to explore this in a bit, bit more detail, but you know, you know, absolutely safe to say across all of the time I've been here and even outside in the customer service world that, you know, Chad's exceptionally well thought of and revered by his peers um, as a, yeah, an industry leader in this world. Um, so, Chad, very warm welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I mean, you know, I, I realize after doing this for so many years uh, in the CX space, we're all kind of growing old together. Uh, but it's it's been a great ride, Chris. It's great to see you again. And um, um, I'll tell a little bit about Exxon in a minute. But you know, I'm just really thrilled to have the opportunity to join. Uh, we've been participating with Limitless in this gig findings report, I think, for three years now. Mm. And uh, just the continued evolution, the learning and sharing has just been amazing. So hats off to Limitless for taking a leading approach to get us out the door on uh, on some of the findings as we continue mm. to mature in gig CX. And uh, it, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Good stuff. So tell us about Execs and the Know for those that, if they haven't, have been living in a box, don't know anything about it. Well, thank you. Real quick, for anyone that's maybe new to execs, I know it's really been a passion of myself uh, for the last 12 years. Uh, really, a leaders learning from leaders uh, executive format is really a community. Um, what we do is connect brand leaders with each other where they can share in a very unfiltered way best practices, insights, any failures, lessons learned, and mm -hmm. really kind of streamline the learning as this, as a practitioner group. We probably have about 10,000 members in Execsono, mainly business to consumer brands with multiple channels of support, resolution, customer success outcome. We have a fantastic corporate advisory board, and it's just been amazing the number of inspirational leaders I've had a chance to meet in this space over the last 12 years alone. So we do a lot in content uh, research publications, similar to like the Limitless Report. We do events and gatherings and meetings. 
and uh, small group discussion. I would say at the end of the day, why our board and many others, uh, Chris, do get involved in Zex and the No, it's about a passion of paying it forward. It's a passion of what mm -hmm. this industry has given all of us over our careers and also helping inspire future leaders in, uh, I guess, leadership in our space. So it's been a lot of fun. It's uh, I really enjoyed the mind share and the success of this industry. And how old is it now? Uh, me or the community? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do the community. Yeah. I got the mid 50s going, but no, it's been about 12 <laughs> years now, but I've been involved in space for much more, more than that outside of execs in the know. Well, let's hope it doesn't follow the trend of becoming a teenager and then going off the rails, but I don't think it will. I've, I've been to several of these events, you know, and, but, you know, being in this industry a long time myself, especially in a kind of commercial way, you, you know, I get to attend a lot of these and, and that's everything from, you know, big sponsorships to stage talks to just having a little, you know, booze and that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, you, you're events are a complete breath of fresh air not just because of the size and format of them but also yeah a bit of the after party stuff as well is always great fun and just the you know the level of effort and and uh quality of everything that goes into it it doesn't ever feel like it's too no. big and feels like people are there for the right reasons i say that delicately because i know a lot of these huge events that people just go to because it's out of the office and they're just there to walk around picking up free merchandise and that's absolutely what doesn't happen in your shows and uh you know the level of energy you bring to the party is um quite exceptional so yeah that's well, off to thank you just one quick comment on that um and limitless has been a great partner of execs over the years we are on the eve of our next signature event called the customer response summit uh -huh. unless you're going to come out and help participate yeah. with us we're going to be in coronado the san diego area october mm. 24th 26. The one thing about our gathering, it is private. It is closed to the corporate end user brand only. And our sponsoring partners is that it really is about the connections and the personalization. We talk about personalization all the time with our brands, but we really try to bring that to life in how we gather in our related events. But what I'd like to do, because I know, Chris, our time is limited, I really want to dive into some of the topics here. Um, I was thinking last year alone in 2021, I probably led 124 unique talk tracks, subject tracks within the community uh, that we have at Execs and Know. Mm. And I'm really thinking back about before COVID hit and the pandemic and where we were, what we were talking about in the way of topics, what we were thinking and what COVID did in the pandemic and how it seismic shift a lot of different things. But specific to the gig CX, I really want to kind of roll up the sleeves and dig into a couple of thoughts with uh, the community and, and your listenership. Cool. Yeah, great. So what we're talking about is, um, you know, the report that we produce, like you mentioned, it's, uh, it's the third time we've done it and fantastic contribution from from you and, and the community as part of it. Um, the, the whole objective of that is we give people a view based upon industry leaders, about, you know, operational practitioners, the experts themselves, and we bring it all together. It's out there. It's free. People can look at it and get their heads around what Gig6 is all about. So you have you know, said fantastic part of that. So, you know, we're going to go into a bit more detail. Um, the biggest question really is, is you know, from, from your perspective, having been in this industry a hell of a long time, is, you know, from your experience, how you think it's, is, you know, how Gig CX is impacting the overall CX industry? How, how would you, how would you position that? That's yeah, a great question. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I'll share with your listenership that in 2019, we hosted a 
uh, a briefing, an in-person briefing. Actually, we partnered with Microsoft in their Redmond mm -hmm. facility, and we talked about GigCX, and we had a number mm -hmm. of takeaways back in 2019. And I was going back, looking at those notes to see what has changed and not changed since that point of view. And I'll bring out some of that in the conversation. But mm -hmm. what I'd like to say, Chris, to your question is, um, I think there's three fundamental things, and it's uh, very key. Um, in my perspective, uh, working with these brands over the years when it comes to this topic, no question an alternative to, I think one of them alternative to demanding and challenged workforce is key and paramount. And GigCX has really afforded this sort of new channel, this new way of thinking, unlike any disruption or change evolution that I've ever seen. I remember mm -hmm. when social media came out as a channel mm -hmm. back in 2010, we're all talking about social media as a channel and what that became and what it isn't and what it is, but what the predictions were at the time. Uh, it, it, but I really think that uh, GigCX has been a fundamental game changer and really has opened up the window in so many um, different distributed uh, labor models and, and workforce structures that we've never seen. Um, I think also a second item to your question is really um, the ability to meet a changing consumer appetite and right. a need for service. Our consumers are smart and savvy. They always have been that way. We know this as CX leaders, and we've always been challenged to meet that ever-changing appetite for the consumer. And the GigCX has really allowed a very flexible, ready state uh, opportunity to meet an ever-changing uh, consumer appetite and need of speed and an expectation. And then finally, I would say this, Chris, very honestly, I would say GigCX is making our industry better. It's making us better at how we drive customer experience and customer success and employee success and employee experience. It really is a game changer. So I don't know if you want to dive into those three comments, but that's what I would answer your question quickly at a high level. Yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, so much to, to, to go through there. I think the um, that's interesting when you mentioned back in 2010, social media hitting and yeah. you roll forward 12 years now and, you know, it's a mainstay in many of these operations. So your so your your personal prediction, you know, fair to say that you, you know, it, do you see this as another, but actually I think you mentioned this is even, this is even a bigger game changer than social media. So, you know, don't put words in your mouth, but you, see, you know, is this something you think is here to stay? Is it something that's going to be, you know, a mainstay for people? Why I feel that way is I absolutely believe, and this has nothing to do with the the community partnership with Limitless Execs and No. This is um, really something I would advocate to all CX leaders um, right. about. You know, this is a, a mainstay, here to stay, and a game changer. When I think of, and there are a couple of reasons why. So, Chris, when I think of the intersection between uh, EX and CX, let's say employee experience and uh, customer experience, yeah. what GigCX does and part of that intersection is really allow brand advocates to have a seat at the table and at the front line. So when we talk about flexibilities and all these other things from an agent or uh, agent experience, GigCX really brings out some of the top I think EX strategies that can exist for employee satisfaction, employee experience. So uh, anyhow, the bottom line is, is that I think all of us, if you're a brand uh, or you're a practitioner in this space, uh, we really need to keep a watchful eye on GigCX. There's a lot of maturity out there right now. Mm. Leading brands have 
uh, participated or part looking to participate in it and are finding some very insightful facts and learnings and key findings. What I'm hearing from those early adopters, Chris, no one's coming back screaming saying, oh my God, this was the worst thing I could have done. <laughs> um, literally, yeah. uh, I'm hearing a lot of brands coming back with proven measures of satisfaction. Mm. And if anyone listening to this podcast would like to connect with one of these brands or CX leaders, reach out to me, chat execs and know if you are a corporate end user thinking about this, reach out to me. I'm happy to put you in touch. They'll give you their direct experiences because at the end of the day, that's where the rubber really hits the road. It's not what I'm saying or Chris, what you're saying is what our brand practitioners are actually seeing and witnessing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad nobody's come back to you saying this was the worst decision and, and, uh, the the I mean we we thankfully we received really positive feedback as well and then it's it's then how does this thing really take off is it you know, a lot of interest a lot of big organisations still dipping their toes into something that's that doesn't have a trodden path yet you know it's like the first time social media arrived or the first time there was a uh, in a natural language IVR and the first time you had email as a channel and all these, you know, it's the first, you know, it's the first time you're looking and naturally look around uh, your industry peers and see what, what they're doing because everybody likes, everybody likes word of mouth and referral. And I mean, you could even, I mean, it's, it, you know, that one of the, the core principles of gig CX is, you know, you mentioned earlier is the, you know, consumer behavior is changing. The, the, the whole purpose of GigCX is those consumers can now also be the front line of customer service. So your benefits are twofold. So not only do you get, I'm trying to, I'm desperately making this not a sales pitch. So I need to take that off. Um, it is the, we, firstly, we can all relate to it, right? We're all customers. Everybody listening to this podcast is a customer and you all have your brands you go to. And I don't think anybody could argue that you would prefer not to talk to somebody that has the products and service that you're talking, you, what you've got your question about, than somebody who may be more uh, sort of generically trained, let's put it that way, you know, still you know, educated on how to answer the questions. But empathy is this sort of mysterious hidden thing that you can actually quantify in GigCX because they are crowds of people that have these products and services. So behavior is changing from customers who want the service, but now we're offering this ability for customers to also become the frontline CX, which in turn increases their relationship with the brand. So you get this double whammy effect of better service, but also those that are providing the service are less likely to leave that brand, if you like, especially in a world where, you know, a phrase kicking around at the moment about loyalty becoming quite liquid. You know, if you think about, you know, Netflix is going through this at the moment, you know, yeah. it's very easy in, in most, a lot of businesses are moving their commercial models to being sort of quite subscription based you know, rather than sort of one times. And Let's, yeah, go on, go on, go to I'm going to say, I think for our listeners of this podcast, Chris, I'm going to ask you a question. I want to kind of peel back a little bit here. And first of all, anyone that knows me, you know, I like to call a spade a spade and we, we keep it very real at execs and no, because that's how we learn. If yeah. we could go back quickly and peel the onion, in your opinion, Chris, what are the, if I'm a, a customer executive, what problem am I trying to solve with Gig CX? What is the problem I'm experiencing? And why would I consider Gig CX? There's a couple of obvious ones there. And I'm going to add a couple of comments. Uh, but I'd love to get your perspective is what is the problem I'm trying to solve? 
Well, firstly, this is um, this will be a first to be interviewed on an interview, but that's that's absolutely great. This is what it's all about. It's a conversation. I, I do this all the time, so <laughs> bear with me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go somewhere with this. That's right. Okay, right. So for for me, um, so my first ever job was in a contact centre. So when I was 18, 17, in fact, actually, I was 17, and I left college, and I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna go and do I'm gonna go and do a gap year and just do some work, earn some real money, and and see what goes and then go to university after and I, and I joined and I joined um yeah UK uh as you probably get by the accent um contact center Do you know what? I I genuinely loved it but the the um so I've got first hand experience of being an agent some years ago and now being in a different shift of relationship to this community but what I saw and what I know our customers told us why they're doing this now, you could go to the obvious metrics like, you know, cost to serve because gig is outcome based and CSAT, things like that, um, which are, you know, absolutely even one of them alone is a reason why you'd want to look at this. But for me, for me, it's about um, in a contact center, you have this conveyor belt of recruitment, training, shadowing, them going live, attrition. And repeat and so you're trying to manage this huge conveyor belt and when you've got your wfo teams and, and forecasters and schedulers trying to look in one look out the window like the matrix and see all the blobs coming down like they're all my contacts and you got i've got to make sure i've got enough people of a certain quality to cope with the demands to be able to deliver the slas back because let's face it co contact centers are nine times out of ten cost centers right they don't make money they are there they're given a budget by the sales team to say we're going to sell a gazillion of these widgets and you get a proportion of those sales to run the post sales care do that as cheaply as possible with the highest csat because we want these guys to come back and buy again and tell their friends and family okay let me try and do that and then you try and do it with a workforce that's often made up of minimum wages it's very transient attrition's really high and the time it takes to find them and onboard them and keep them is the is huge amounts of effort so for me, the biggest area is you can access a resource pool without you needing to do that. You can, and it's a combination between the um, the benefits of a community, you know, the normal communities and forums that you get, where where you tap, you know, people are on those forums because they've got the skill set, and on their own time, they're offering their their help and advice, and they're doing it when it suits them. So the sometimes unfortunate things around forums is they can be unpoliced, right? They can't often be channels you can depend on because nobody is incentivized or rewarded to do it. They're there out of the goodness of their heart. But you take the core components of that, which is product expertise, working on a time frame that's, that's convenient for them and, and, and delivering it in a digital way. That's what GigCX is. Then you couple it with your more, you know, your traditional contact center metrics like, uh, around performance and having a reward system yes monetary but also they get a rating like an uber driver who delivers you to the airport so those two things combined is what makes the special source so long answer but for me it's about accessing a pool of talent that is genuine and can operate in a very different way this is the this is the fundamental difference between for me, you know, I, I use analogies all the time, which is how my simple brain works. And I'll probably talked about this on one of the other podcasts and I'll do it again, is the the contact center industry for 30, 40 years has run like a petrol 
combustion engine, cost and CSAT, bums on seats, delivering a service at the lowest cost and trying to get that balance between how optimized they are versus them delivering a service back. And every, every new advance in technology in that area have been tweaks to that, you know, in, to continue this analogy, you know, a slightly more efficient engine or a different shaped car, but it's principally talking about the same laws of physics, cost and CSAT. Gig CX is like the equivalent of an electric car. It's like, forget the laws of physics. You don't have schedules. You don't have, you know, people sitting on seats. You don't, it doesn't exist. But what you do get is all these benefits. And, you know, and I firmly believe as an electric car driver <laughs> that once you've done it, and you've test driven it and you're in there, you go, what, what have I, you know, where has this been all my life? And all of a sudden the world opens up. So all to do with the access to, to the, to the people that can work in a very agile, but meaningful and very genuine way is the, is the thing that I love about it all. Well, I'm going to be very mindful and, and not ask you a bunch of questions. Obviously <laughs> I interviewed uh, significant leaders over the years. Uh, so you're dealing with a, a master interviewer. Uh, but what I what I heard, Chris, is I said, what is the problem as CX leaders were trying to solve? And maybe not word for word, but what I heard you saying, and you tell me incorrect or incorrect, it really is this workforce effort, workforce flexibility, workforce distribution, po possible staffing related issues within a brand, yeah. the flexibility it gives to this eager workforce and work-life balance that we know is so prevalent mm -hmm. in the work. Uh, economy today uh, between great resignation and everything else that has yeah. happened. And then the third piece is truly uh, you'd be amazed with product expertise that really exists out there mm. within that gig CX more so than possibly even some of our normal trained agents or, or what. So whatever I call it called brand favorites, brand advocates. Mm. So what I'd like to do is uh, from my perspective, again, just thinking of our listeners here, that all sounds great, but then I also hear some of the challenges and some of the possible difficulties I, I hear people say in the community with that. Um, if you like, I'm happy to share a couple of those thoughts and how we're working that. Yeah, that's freestyle. Over to you. So <laughs> what I would say is I've heard brands say, you know, we don't have, based on the nature of our industry, I'm a utility company or whatever it may be, we don't necessarily have brand advocates. We don't have brand favorites. Um, and that's not true. That's not true. You'd be shocked in a pilot, a test. I could take any industry uh, and, and show you where there are brand, uh, brand ambassadors or people that know a lot about uh, the inner workings of that industry or inner workings of your brand that really can become brand ambassadors to you and your organization. So I don't buy into that argument. I think there are holes and pockets that do exist that need to be explored and need to be leveraged in on there. The other thing I hear about is this sort of uh, not our employee, so to speak, or, or this sort of looseness in work and how do we handle scheduling and how do we handle uh, the training and you know, Chris, I may have this all wrong, but I mean, I'm hearing those types of things yep. where there's a lot of myths there's a lot, I think, of misunderstanding. But what is really cool to me is that in the last three years, how much the gig CX has evolved and matured and how many brands are looking at this and test piling and going after it. If you're a CX leader listening to this podcast and you think gig CX doesn't have a place or a home 
or you're a, a naysayer on it, mm-hmm. I would say in the next five years, watch and come back. And if we were to have this same conversation where we're going to be as an industry in five years, I would love to go back and look at some of the predictions of what we're saying today and what reality is. The one thing I would say, and again, with your report for the Mm -hmm. listeners there, we've got, you've got a three-year track record here. Look at some of the indicators, look at some of the charts and the graphs um, and, and make assumptions and make your own predictions with this. But the report is a good, I would say, sort of Bible or framework to to hear from many ideas and approaches with it. And I would say in that report, um, there were a couple of things I'd call out, like um, on page 36, uh, I'd, I'd encourage your listeners to go. I'd like the side-by-side comparisons and the difference in the benefits compared to agents working from home. Mm. And a lot of time there's a misunderstanding between work from home and gig CX. So in comparison to a gig worker, I thought you guys did a great job of giving some outline there. And I'd like to call that out to the listeners. The other thing I'd like to call out to the listeners, and again, I know we have limited time on the podcast, is even page 52 of the report. It really outlines a useful and an honest set of criteria that you should use to consider a a gig CX platform. So again, Uh, There's a lot of tools out there that are readily available. And the last thing, Chris, before I jump back to you, is that for there is a ton of information you can simply Google about GigCX that is readily Mm. available. But the question is, there's so much information. It's kind of head in the sand. And where you have to take reality uh, to perception to concept is so important. At the end of the day, it's know your brand. It's know your customer, know your customer expectations, mm. and GigCX has a full life cycle of potential. I'll stop there. Yeah, well, I mean, to, to pull that sort of stuff out from the report, I know I completely completely agree, no, no, no shock and surprise. Um, the, the fact that um, we are seeing now leaders um, really starting to lean into it, look at the detail, uh, think about how it's going to be form part of their their customer service operation. You know, it's it's great for us to see. And yeah, like we said, you know, we we we're here to help educate the industry. And then, like you know, but to your point, there is a wealth of information out there. But there's also a wealth of disinformation out there. That's and true. the word gig creates a you know everyone's got a relationship with the word gig, right? Now, when you look at the the origins of that and in the uk i don't know if it's the same you can tell me if it's the same in the us but gig in was was informally used to describe somebody who wanted to go and play music in a pub you know that's the gig i'm going i'm choosing this gig and that gig and that's the you know i'll keep saying the word that's the gig but that that's the 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 uh, the whole principle which is the you get to choose the gig you want to work for uh, the difference to, to that is in a more traditional contact center where you don't get to choose the gig you want to work on is you're, you're delivered your work because of your schedule. So here is your work coming in in order one, two, three, four, whereas gig you come in and say, I like that gig. I don't like that gig. And, and these are, these are the, the fundamental differences between a 
in-house, you know, bum on seat contact center and even work from home, like you've mentioned, the difference between the, the port. You know, if you if you extend the cable from your desk in a contact center all the way out the door and it just arrives in somebody's home, that's work from home. Same thing, schedules, employment, utilization, occupancy, productivity, real-time adherence, intraday management, all of that sort of stuff, work delivered to you in a sequential order, churn through it, be conscious of first-time resolution, be conscious to say the right things, go through the scripts, make sure you finish off your disposition code and all, you know, all the stuff that we're all used to in a traditional work. Whereas, you know, the, the world of gig is about just someone's got a question, you've got the answer. Most of that comes from you being a customer in the first place. But when you're on board, you get to understand how to represent the brand and you put those two things together and you get very natural, honest, organic conversations. And the feedback we get is exemplary, you know, and it, and it is that, uh, yeah, this has helped, not only helped, it's provided me genuine help from someone that I would, you know, you would trust more. Yeah. And and um, I always think, you know, if you, and, and I come on to your, 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 one of your first points actually about um, brands not thinking that they have, the experts out there to try i would counsel the other way just as a you know another consideration which is if you walk into your in-house contact center or your bpo's contact center and say everyone stop what they're doing put up your hands if you've got my product i mean if you walk uh, you know I, I don't have any direct examples of this but my instinct tells me that you might get a third of everybody in the contacts and saying, yeah, I've got your product, but there's a third that might have a competitor's product and it might have a third that doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with it. You know, so you, you, you're not recruiting on their, their experience with you as a brand, you're recruiting them because they've made themselves available to work and they've qualified and they come on and they can read a script and they can do it in a nice way and so on and so forth. By the way, I'm not giving any of them a disservice. Bear in mind, I was one originally and I happen to think I did a very good customer experience, but I didn't have a relationship with the brand whatsoever. It was a job. And I, I suspect it's high 90% of people were there saying, yeah, this is a job. This is what I do. This is how I earn my crust. It's how I earn my dollar. Or it's what I do to contribute and so on and so forth. But they wouldn't have that relationship with with a brand. Now, in a, in, a, in a world where the relationship to the customer has needing to change as well, brands find it very hard to do that. I mean, I might be a bit harsh on a few organizations here, but the phrase we put our customers at the heart of everything we do is a common maxim or, you know, adage you see emblazoned on so many big brand organizations. Yet they make customer journeys very difficult. They make things quite cumbersome. They expect you to wait long times and all this sort of thing. So what better way than just getting customers to talk to customers in a professional way, guided way, structured way, where they can access not only the, the, the knowledge, but also the experience that a lot of these customers have. So there is definitely no shortage of people who want to work in this way. So it's two things. Is there a, is there a crowd of people that want to work on a gig basis in the world of customer service on their time? 100%. And then when you look at your own brand, do I have those that also know my brand? And like, you would be amazed how many. Now, anecdotally, I won't tell you who, but 
one of our customers um, as we were going through a, um, a slight expansion. So we needed to onboard a whole bunch of other experts. And the way that these things work really well is we asked the brand to send out the, um, the notifications to make their, their customers aware that there is this program. It's run by Limitless and you can register to become a brand ambassador or gig expert. Sorry if we interchange. And um, we needed to onboard about another 30 or so to, to cope with some more demand that was coming through. They accidentally sent it out to their entire customer base of about 20 or thousand, something like that. Uh, our website crashed. Uh, they, we, we, it was almost like a denial of service attack on our own, on our own website. By the way, we fixed that. We won't have that again. But it just shows you that there was this huge wave unprecedented wave of experts their customers going yeah that sounds great i'd love to be i've already chosen you that's half the battle i've already chosen your brand now you're offering me a, a, a you know something on top yeah brilliant it's a perk i can now earn money for choosing you as a brand in my first place and share my experiences and that appeals to just human psychology it's like people love to help people it's a great way of doing it but do it so you can earn, earn money at the same time. So we've danced a bit about there, but you know, I think the earlier point was about you know, do brands think that they can get access to these people? Yeah, honestly, you, there are. I reach out to me. I'm happy to put you in touch with brands that didn't think that was possible, and it was. So what I'd like to say, Chris, in closing, uh, is a couple of thoughts here, and I know how quick time goes. First of all, to the listeners. I would say let the, the findings in the report do the talking. So if you haven't had a chance to look at the report, you can easily get a copy from Chris or myself. We're happy to distribute it. Uh, it's been a lot of hard work, I know, from the, the team at Limitless to put that those findings together. Mm -hmm. And we're happy at execs and know to share that with our broader community of the 10,000 members. Um, I will say this uh, in a kind of an inspirational way. I was running contact centers back in the 80s and 90s. I've totally dated myself. Right. What I'm saying is that there is no greater time to be a CX leader than it is today. The change transformation, the mm. options, the challenges, the, the, the stresses, uh, everything is so unique. You don't have to go at this alone. That's the beauty about uh, this industry is that we connect as a group of practitioners sharing best practice and insights. So uh, a great change transformational time. When you go back in your career and you look at this moment, you're going to mark this uh, period of time about the gig CX and what it ultimately is going to become, uh, as I think we all have, we've suggested. What I'll end on this, Chris, is in the commentary, this was uh, execs and those commentary in the report. Mm -hmm. I'll just remind the audience about our thoughts was one, um, you know, the best thing is, and I can't say it and stress it more, uh, is making, start by making gig CX simple. That's everything from the onboarding, that's to the day-to-day -day workflows. Um, that is the entire journey must be seamless. Gig CX experts are opting in for each opportunity. So we've got to make that seamless and successful for everyone involved. And there's many examples of that. And the final piece on that in the commentary from our perspective is, you know, continue to make gig CX rewarding. What motivates people, income or work flexibilities, a love of a brand, whatever it be, create these rewarding moments based on those motivators. You've got, I mean, uh, this army of advocates, so to speak, that are willing mm -hmm. to go to bat and do things phenomenally well. Uh, it's worth a try. There's lots of ways to start small. There's lots of uh, test pilots and ideas out there. So uh, please reach out again, chat at execsno.com. Happy to put you in touch with other people's experiences. But Chris, I want to say thank you 
for allowing us the opportunity to participate in this. We want to be part of something revolutionary too. Uh, and we've been enjoying uh, the years together on the reporting uh, experience. Yeah, well, absolutely fantastic. And um, as your continued involvement is uh, is going to be absolutely necessary when the fourth year comes out next year and we start to think, you know, we'd start to see the trends that are coming through. So well, it's been uh, it's been great seeing you. We don't we don't do this enough, but I'm looking forward to coming out and seeing you face to face in uh, yeah. October for the for the big yeah. event. That great leadership, Roger and Megan out. Uh, Roger, the CEO of Limitless, uh, such an inspirational leader. Him and Megan. Yeah, my boss. Great yes, man. They're coming, I hope. Good to see them. They are. We're all there. We're all there. So, yeah, so the, the reporting question, you know, I have to do the official end, is on our website, limitlesstech.com, and you can download it for free there, and there's lots of great stuff, and you'll hear all the, all the great inputs. And then... Um, Next uh, next podcast, we're working our way through all the different contributors, and hopefully, this helps to just sort of get more perspectives on what we think and what Chad has gone on record to say is going to be the next biggest thing, bigger than social media, bigger than 2010. So let's see, um, let's keep tracking it and see where we go. So that's it. That's us over this episode. Thanks for tuning in, uh, Chad. Thank you again, and um, I look forward to seeing you in October. Thank you. Mm-hmm.